Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. John Paul II said that the 20th century was a century of martyrs. Many believe it was, in fact, the bloodiest century in human history. And that's not only true because of the great world wars that occurred, but it's also true because of civil authorities martyring, killing, suppressing a Christian witness around the world. Back in 2018, the church beatified seven French monks and the other clergy that were killed during Algeria's civil war. We're going to take a look at this story. Joining me right now, though, to talk about the uh, monks of Tiburin is John Kaiser. He's the author of what is, I believe, the definitive book on the story. It's called The Monks of Tiburin, Faith, Love, and Terror in Algeria. John's the author of uh, a number of other books as well. And is it true, John, that your book was the basis of the film of Gods and Men? Well, I don't know. It depends what you mean by the basis. I mean, it was acknowledged as sort of the the missing, uh, you know, the missing element, because it was of all the books that had been written about the, the monks, and many had been, uh, I guess my book was the only one that actually really profiled each individual monk and, and delved into their vocation, yeah. and how they got there, and their personalities, and sort of, so I put, I put flesh on the monks, whereas the other books tended to be either all political or sort of all religious, and I and I kind of combine the yep. political and the religious and the commutarian uh, drama too, which was you know uh, Christian being you know overly pro Islam, overly anxious to to learn about Islam right. and, and share in the spirituality of Islam, which turned off some of the brothers, and and they they worked through that and ultimately elected him as their as their superior, but. Uh, so I would say the book was important for getting a movie done because it, suppli- it supplied this sort of personal uh, description of, of the monks that uh, was missing. Can you tell us, uh, since you did spend time cultivating uh, a good picture of the various monks, give us a, a, a thumbnail sketch of who they were individually. Oh, uh, well... Uh, <laughs> How much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, Christian, he was, uh, you know, he came from a military family. His father was kind of an agnostic who, uh, you know, said people should believe whatever they want but not kill each other. Uh, his mother, on the other hand, over, you know, who, whose God is, uh, is the truest God. Uh, so he was kind of of that secular wing mm-hmm. of... of, of uh, France, and his mother was a devout, uh, very devout Catholic, and and she, uh, you know, uh, had the kids pray every night, and she was very respectful of Muslims too, because they were stationed in in uh, in Algiers uh, during, uh, uh, I guess it was yeah, during the war and, and afterwards. Um, and uh, she would always tell, uh, you know, her her children, you know, that. that Muslims love God too, and they ought to be respected and uh, treated with, treated respectfully. And, and uh, so I think that message definitely sank into Christian and others. And he had a good uh, friend was, uh, at one time, Muhammad, uh, a Muslim, who protected him. Well, after 
Jeff, when he was, got older and, and uh, went to seminary school and then was drafted to serve in the French Army, 50s, I guess 59 or 60, he said, uh, yeah, I'll go in the Army, but you know, I don't want to kill anybody. I'll just go, if I can go into civil in the civil affairs side, uh, I, I, you know, he had a father as a general could pull some strings. But anyway, he mm-hmm. uh, he he was in civil affairs, and one of his jobs was to make nice with uh, the Algerians and make them feel that they were French and respected and loved, and you know, and uh, peace and harmony. And uh, he would talk uh, with his, his he befriended this uh, guy who was a uh, basically a. Uh, a game warden, and uh, they talk about God. They talk about their faith, and the Algerian was always sort of mystified as to why the, why the French didn't pray more, you know, if they're really <laughs> religious. And and they'd have these uh, discussions, and uh, then one day uh, some philagos popped out of the out of the uh, scenery and threatened to kill uh, kill the uh, Christian, and. Uh, Muhammad says, hey, wait a minute, uh, he's a good man, he respects Islam, he respects uh, Arabs, he's a friend of Arabs, and and uh, they kind of backed off, but uh, they decided he was not a reliable guy to have around, they killed him the next day, or wow. they killed him during the night and slit his throat, and he was the father of 12, 12 oh. kids, and that had a big impact, I think, on Christian. Yeah. Uh, he... And then as to others, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about yeah. these. The people who, who, who really stood out, though, were... Uh, well, Luke is a very interesting character. Sure. Uh, Luke was uh, had been a monk uh, in Tiberine uh, since the, thir- uh, the 30s uh, or the 40s. Yeah, he was uh, born in 1914, so, I mean, he was, he was the... Was he the oldest of the bunch? Yeah, he was... Yeah, he was the oldest, and he had actually been in a uh, a, uh, a, a Nazi prison camp uh, during the war, and uh, the uh, the Nazis had a policy in which, whereby if you uh, if 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 you had dependents. Uh, who would suffer because you were in, you were in prison? I can't remember. This wasn't just. I can't remember what whether they were just people who were rounded up because they were considered resistance or something. But in any event, there was a policy that said, if you can get somebody to substitute for you, you can go home and take care of your kids. And uh, and uh, Luke exercised that on behalf of somebody and 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 stood and, and took the place. Of, wow became a sacrificial figure and then he became very popular because he was good at drawing and uh and he, he was i don't think he was in medical school at that point but yeah i guess he was a student in any event uh so luke was a kind of a gruff rough gruff guy uh with a soft with a sort of tender heart mm-hmm. uh, but he uh he was very committed and and he throughout his career he wanted to just stay as a uh as a uh let's see i forget it's been so long i've forgotten the term uh he was a if you're not a full-fledged monk uh your you, brother you, what's a, uh no you're not a brother yet you're a uh uh 
well, you, you're, you're one of those monks who can't sing very well, so <laughs> okay. you're you're uh, you're not allowed to sing in the choir. <laughs> okay. And uh, and uh, there's a special term, and I've, I've forgotten it now. But in any event, he was uh, he was a, he was a uh, uh, a real soldier, and uh, he was kidnapped actually during the war with another monk as a as a kind of exchange. Because the French had shot had shot uh, some people uh, in an area, and they thought uh, the the, the, the Falagas, as they were called, decided to snatch a couple of monks. Uh, in, in 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 reply to uh, the French action, and shot somebody, you know, escaping while trying to escape, which was the usual term. Anyway, Luke and uh, another monk uh, were so sort of stoic and uncomplaining and uh, would pray regularly, and that really impressed the, their captors. Uh, and they finally, after a couple of weeks, said, you know, you guys can go home. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, he was that kind of a guy. Uh, and then there was Celestine. He came from Nantes, I believe. And uh, he had been a, a uh, educateur de la rue. In other words, he was a sort of... St- street priest. He would work with the down-and-out elements of society, the prostitutes and the drug addicts mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. all of that crowd. And and uh, he he was finally just kind of became exhausted from, you know, running from one crisis to the next and just that whole milieu, I guess, you know, sure. can tear you down after a while. Yes. So he joined. I think he responded to a call uh, that came from uh, from uh, Bishop Duval or Cardinal Duval after the war, where he was. She, he was saying, you know, we need more monks to come here because the monastery is a very important aspect of the Christian presence here, and uh, Muslims respect monks and respect communal life and communal prayer, and it, you know, it's good for us to be here. And uh, they they like us to be here, actually. So, anyway, he was one of the people who who uh, responded to the call. Uh, he uh, he was a chanteur, and he was he was a guy who talked too much, though, and he was kind of very jittery and very high strung, <laughs> uh, but good man. And then let's see who else. There was Pierre. He was another monk who responded to Duval's call to because uh, I think the monastery after. Uh, after the war, uh, had, had sort of shrunk to, I don't know, only four, four people okay. or four or five, and so he just they put out this call, and uh, there were three or four people who responded, and and uh, uh, so there was um, uh, Celestin, there was Pierre, and then uh, there was the um, uh, Marchand, who had been a soldier in in Vietnam. Uh, he, he, his personality didn't particularly jump out, except that Le Marchand was, uh, he was a military guy. Several of these monks had been in the military. Yeah, Actually, yeah. Many of them Interesting. Had, had been fought, you know, fought during the War of Independence, which of course was not called the War of Independence by the French, but, uh, they were just events. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he, uh, he was a very meticulous guy who, uh, 
you know, if there was, a, you know, a speck of dust here or there was a little anything <laughs> that's slightly out of order, you know, it would be an emergency and you'd have to hop right on it and fix the tile or patch a piece of plaster. So he was kind of that kind of a guy. Okay. Uh, and who was Brother Ramadi? Ramadi was, uh, he was a pied noir who came from, um, who, who grew up in Algeria, as I recall, and uh, it was his home. And he uh, he loved Mary. Mm-hmm. He was a, a Marianist, and yeah. he had a particular affection for Mary. He was a uh, uh, a very uh, I don't know how to describe him. He was uh, very uh, devoted to his vocation, and uh, was uh, particularly devoted to Mary. So when uh, yeah statue of Mary up on the hill behind the monastery was uh, desecrated by uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the radicals who came into uh, Algeria mm-hmm. and, uh, from Egypt. Uh, you know, he was terribly uh, affected by that. John, hold it there. We'll come back on the other side of the break. This week at Ave Maria Radio's Poll of the Week, we want to know, is not wearing a mask while not vaccinated considered lying now? Let us know what you think by going to AveMariaRadio.net, scrolling down on the homepage, and clicking on Poll of the Week. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. On the night of March 26, 1996, monks of the Cistercian uh, Order of the Strict Observance uh, were kidnapped during in Algeria. The story is well told in the movie of Gods and Men, and also the book, The Monks of Tiberine, Faith, Love, and Terror in Algeria, by John Kaiser. Uh, their bodies, uh, they were killed on May 21st of that year, and we'll discuss what happened with the kidnapping. But, John, before we go to that, it sounds as though these, in the movie makes it appear, uh, and you do as well, that they were beloved by the villagers. They were very much a part of the, the life of the village uh, surrounding them. They didn't see themselves as aloof or, you know, uh, superior in any way. They they farmed, they took part in the markets. and Is that true? Yeah, I, I would say it's true. I mean, the the, the monks had been beloved since... 1842, when the French brought Trappist to Algeria to show the the uh, the Arabs uh, that you know the French believed in God. We're not a godless country. Yeah. The, the way it was had been portrayed, you know, thanks to the revolution and the secular yeah, revolution. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, they had a long history, and they always got along uh, because they treated the natives well. And when there were problems and uh, droughts and this and that, they would they would open their doors. And, and in fact, uh, the Tiberine, the monastery Tiberine, was the, uh, the place that the uh, Arabs up in the mountains, when they had been bombed by the French, uh, not bombed, they. They left their villages and came down and, and actually took refuge uh, by the monastery. They didn't go in, but they set up camp around the base of the monastery. So there's a long, long history, and, and the Muslims in general don't have a problem with Christians. They just have a problem about with what is done in the name of Christianity, and some Christians are better than others, you know, and sure. monks and priests high up on the scale because they're godly people who've devoted themselves to God and... Uh, they love Jesus, too. I mean, yeah. people don't realize that Muslims have, that Jesus is the favorite prophet, other than Muhammad himself, right. 
of most Muslims because he was sinless and he was born of a virgin. And right. They basically believe everything that Christians believe about him with one important exception, if you're a Christian, which is, you know, he ain't God, but right. you know, he's a pretty good guy. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I do understand. Uh, the monks stayed, and this was this decision to stay, there'd been a, a few years, there'd been others killed. Then there were the Croatians a few weeks before uh, Christmas that were killed. And the movie makes a great deal of the decision-making process between these men. And it's interesting that this, this took some doing. I mean, um, there was some uh, apparent resentment towards uh, the prior um, because he seemed to have made a, an imperious decision that they were all staying. And others said, wait a minute, we didn't elect you to make that decision for us. Tell me about that process, because I thought that was pretty amazing. Well, yeah, I think I think uh, Christian was a little high-handed, and you know he was very committed to staying there because of the earlier his own history of his life being saved, and and, and uh, which, by the way, was not part of the film, and it was a very, I think, a very important part of the story that right. the film should have should have retained because yes. it could have been shown in about two minutes or but anyway uh yeah so he was he was a bit of an authoritarian but at the same time he was sensible and and empathetic and and he you know he he listened to the monks who said hey wait a minute boss you know this is a collective decision and so he you know he put on the brakes and he respected the fact that the, that the rest of the brothers should have a say in this so they they wrestled with it, but they came up with what was uh, he, he had called up uh, Bishop Tessier, who was uh, he was very much pro pro uh, staying because he didn't want if the monks left, then he was afraid that all the other communities would sort of fold up and leave too. And, mm-hmm. and the bishop wanted to keep a Christian presence there, as did many Muslims. I mean, but so uh, let's see. So so the process was. Okay, uh, let's let's uh, review uh, the situation every six months. So, so they would, you know, they would uh, assess. The, the, the critical thing for them was the attitude of of the um, of the villagers. If the villagers felt threatened by them being there, or if they got any warnings, or anybody said, "Hey, you're in trouble," your names were posted on the mosque door as uh, targets for next week, which the which the GIA would do. They would actually warn people in advance and say, "You know, you got a week to get out of town, or you got a month to get out of town, or you're on the list." And so that would give people an opportunity to warn the potential victims. Well, in this case, the monks, there were no lists posted, you know, we're going to get rid of monks. And the villagers never complained. They never felt their lives were somehow more at risk because they were friendly with, with the monks. So they, they, they stayed for that reason, but then, and then they also internally, I think, didn't like the idea of the GIA kind of dictating their careers, you know, and that was particularly Pierre and some of the others, you know, who do you tell us, you know, when we ought to leave? This is this is our home. This is where we belong. And so, you know, so but they understood they didn't want to commit suicide either, and there was natural fear and and uh, anxiousness about the situation. Yeah. So they would review it every six months. And decide can, to. can you describe for us the Christmas Eve encounter uh, with some of the terrorists? 
yeah, this was a group. The the terrorists were organizing. By the way, the the GIA uh, in the nineties was simply ISIS. Today, okay, their way of acting, their way of indiscriminate killing. Although it wasn't totally indiscriminate. I mean, it was there was a rationale behind it. But anyway, their way of behaving, their killing of civilians, uh, and and uh, religious. Uh, on the one hand, provoked horror on the part of the population at large because the Quran is very specific about uh, uh, not killing monks and priests and honoring them. But um, so the, the 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 territory was broken up into emirates, and uh, and so there was an emir Zituni who was kind of in charge of this particular uh, zone, and. Uh, the actual motives for the kidnapping are still kind of murky, uh, but nevertheless, uh, they jumped over the walls one night and uh, uh, grabbed uh, one of the monks and said, uh, you know, uh, we want to talk to the pope. And, uh, <laughs> we don't have a pope here. And, well, you know, <laughs> whoever is the boss. So they they get uh, uh, pop de la maison. <laughs> so they got, went and got Christian. This is dinner time. It's winter. It's dark. And uh, Christian comes and confronts this guy who's got bandoliers and he's got a machine gun and he's got, uh, you know, bullets strapped around his chest. And so anyway, he, uh, he, Saya uh, uh, Atia was his name, and he, he made a reputation for himself as a, as a good killer. And um, uh, he said, well, you know, we're here for... We, I have some demands, and so you know we need uh, we want you to uh, provide us with money. And Christian says, "Well, you know, we don't have any money. We're poor. That's why we're beloved here. We can relate to the neighbors because you know, we're not rich. We don't have money." Uh, so, uh, well, I want your doctor uh, to come and uh, take care of the wounded. And he says, "Well, I'm sorry, he he can't leave the premises. He's got phlebitis. He's an old man, and you can bring your people here, but he's not leaving." So here he is. This guy is sort of <laughs> the, the the barbu, as they would call them. You know, uh, he's here he is with this little monk and uh, saying, "No, no, no." And uh, finally, uh, uh, the uh, the the uh, Atia uh, says, "Well, uh, I'm going to send somebody." I'm going to have somebody come back and ask you again because you better think about this. And uh, and uh, by the way, we uh, we don't consider you as enemies. You are Christians, and we res- we respect you. Uh, so you had this amazing exchange where you got the monk telling. Oh, and the other thing he says, uh, the first thing he says is, "Hey." Uh, we, 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 you cannot come into the into our uh, monastery. You can't come into any of the buildings. You can't come into the uh, uh, the uh, uh, guest house, which is where everybody's assembled. We have to stay outside because you're not allowed. Your faith and my faith prohibits bringing weapons into places of worship. And so that was actually the first thing he says to IT, and IT wow. kind of taken wow. aback. <laughs> so then, you know, so then the, the conversation went on. It was no, no, no. Uh, the follow-on letter, or uh, or a de- or a deputy that was going to come in and uh, ask him again, make demands a second time, never showed up. But <clears throat> people didn't know that that was the case. So right after that, people were terrified: Is this guy going to send a, send one of his henchmen in, uh, you know, tomorrow or next week? And 
so they were in a total sweat about because the Croats had been killed just a month or so earlier, so they, they knew this was real. So they had, you know, they they were scared as uh, any normal person would have been. But so, uh, Tia, then he a couple, not too long after he was killed. So okay. Uh, so then these guys were fighting uh, this sort of. Uh, politicized Islam right. on the basis of the government not being, they're not real Muslims, right. they speak French and they have villas in Nice and, and they have been corrupted by right. uh, French culture and all this stuff. And uh, they were in the process, they were violating all kinds of Quranic injunctions about right. not, I mean, there's a verse in the Quran that you know everybody's supposed to know if you're a Muslim, which is he who, it's the same in the, in the Torah, I think, or Jewish. He who kills one innocent person is killing the whole world. Yeah. yeah. Now, could you, we've got only about two minutes left. Could you tell me, what, do do we know exactly why they were kidnapped? I think, no, I don't think we know exactly why they were kidnapped, but I, I think there's uh, a good chance they did, the officials wanted them out of there. The Vatican wanted them out of there. The local Wali wanted them out of there. Uh, the governor wanted them out of there because I think they didn't want, the, they being, in this case, the Algerian authorities, didn't want to have dead monks on their hands right. because there's a very high level of respect for monks. And these in particular because they had this long history of commitment to Algeria, and so they were uh, they were an important part of the society, and they, they didn't want them to get killed. So I think this was a, a, a sort of a ruse that the uh, gendarmerie or the secret services or one of the dark groups came up with said let's let's kidnap them and then we'll do a trade with the uh, with the terrorists they have some people they'd like to get out of jail and uh, we'll do a swap and everybody will look good uh, we'll get our monks out of there and and uh, some terrorist groups will get some of their guys out of John thanks so much we're out of time unfortunately but uh, it's an extraordinary book it's an incredible story you've told it's uh, edifying it builds us up it's also uh, forces us to think outside of our comfort zones thanks so much John Kaiser the book is called The Monks of Tiberine I'm Al Cresta